Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely co-host, Hannah Martin. Hannah, it's Easter. What are your thoughts? He has risen, yes. as they say. She nailed it. First try. <laughs> Hannah does not celebrate Easter. No. Honestly, I don't really either. But <laughs> who really celebrates Easter anymore? But we're Rabbits. here. Rabbits. Rabbits. We're here. We're here to talk about this week's movie, which was the 1998 thriller, Snake Eyes. Conspiracy thriller. Conspiracy thriller. I believe thriller. is how it's denoted on the internet. Is that how it's denoted? Yeah. A conspiracy thriller. Yeah. And it, it sure was. We have a lot of thoughts on this movie. We'll get into in a moment. But before we do, Hannah, what are the IMDb scores, the, the Rotten Tomatoes, that kind of thing? So on IMDb, we're looking at a 6 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes is a 40%. Okay. I mean... Listen, I, <laughs> it could have been way better. It could have been way better. You're absolutely This movie right. is incredibly frustrating because mm-hmm. the first... 15 minutes are great yeah really well done Mm -hmm. interesting captivating really got my attention i was excited nick's you know being cagey oh yeah it kind of falls apart and then it just really falls flat from there (laughs) and we'll we'll talk we'll talk through that yeah yeah that is a great way of putting it this movie really unravels (laughs) but not in an interesting way no no it doesn't like (laughs) unravel a good tale it just unravels from a quality and plot perspective. Yeah, I think that the thing I can say is you you start the movie thinking it's like a whodunit, but you figure mm-hmm. out who did it within like the first 15 minutes. And that's what a lot of the critics are also complaining about. Gotcha. I read a few reviews and they were all saying the same thing like, hey, you've got a pretty interesting plot. Okay. If it weren't for the fact that you ruined it in the first quarter of the movie. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We'll discuss that all in greater detail when we get to like our middle segment of this podcast, which is we go through the movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. But before we get into that, we also like to dive into a little bit of behind the scenes. What's Nick Cage up to at this point in his life? It's 1998. Yeah. So the last movie we watched, City of Angels, <laughs> yeah. also came out in 98. So I, I think I used most of what google had to offer for me for the year 98 for nicholas cage so for this week's podcast i'll i'll talk a little bit about i guess the behind the scenes of the movie and then some other actors as well Oh, okay so this movie had a budget of 72 million dollars and it was completed under budget at 68 million dollars wow the original ending of the movie had a massive special effects, huge tidal wave going through a casino, which this takes place in Atlantic City. I don't know if Steve yeah. said that yet. Uh, no, no, I didn't say that mm-hmm. yet. Snake eyes, dice, gambling, casino, right. AC, yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, that was like the original ending, um, supposed to be this big climax, um, they didn't do that. They cut no. that from post-production. And I, I will say that the ending, <laughs> the climax of this movie is is really anti-climactic. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's really bizarre the way it all kind of comes sure to a I'm not sure if 
this like scene that they cut would have made it any better no so like the wave would have gone through the casino mm-hmm. so yeah, the whole movie there's there's a tropical storm a bruin yeah and you know it's becoming a hurricane yeah so that like that's knowledge to the audience but for whatever reason they thought that crashing into the casino and i don't i don't even know what would have happened from there right right but anyway they finished under budget i suppose because they didn't include that scene but that doesn't make sense because they still filmed it but maybe because they didn't need to do as many special effects yeah that's probably it yeah so that's that um this movie opened the same weekend as saving private ryan oof so it was second in the theaters already okay. and it did fine in the box office and made like a hundred and four million dollars worldwide yeah but with a budget of 70 million yeah it probably great. didn't make its money back no so um something that would have ruined the budget entirely okay is so nick cage is obviously the, the star of this movie yes but um the second lead is played by gary sinise gary sinise correct his character is a commander lieutenant something he's some vague army general corporal something (laughs) so originally that role was written with consideration for will smith to play oh okay but he asked for 12 million (laughs) dollars and the studio laughed at him and said no we'll find somebody else and then they got gary sinise to play it instead I don't think that Gary Sinise is the problem with this movie. No, 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 no. The actors aren't the problem. No, it's really not. It's the writing. Yeah. Which is, I think, a common theme that we've uh, addressed in this podcast. That a lot of the times it's really not Nick's Nick's fault. It's not the fault of any of the other actors. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Like the mom in... um, Oh my God, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart, yeah. That That was her fault. What a wasteland of a movie, that Wild (laughs) at Heart. Nothing made any sense. No. Yeah. So any other stories? You can pepper some things in as we discuss it? Anything you want to no, talk about now? So the, the first scene of the movie, Steve actually noticed. Mm-hmm. And I I guess I didn't. Um, or when you brought it up to me, I was like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. So when we talk about that, I can I can speak okay. a little bit to that because that is it is pretty interesting from like a cinematic perspective. If that is something that any of you care about, <laughs> I personally don't, but it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah. So I will say maybe before we jump into the movie, the cinematography and maybe the direction of this movie I think was really interesting, and I think it is really where it falls down is maybe the direction, but also partially the. Uh, well, not partially, almost entirely the writing, but partially the direction is where this movie falls down. Uh, as Hannah said, I don't think it's the actor's fault, and um, the cinematography, I think, is really cool. Meaning, like, the way the camera moves and the shots that they have and that kind of right. thing. Right, we learned what cinematography was a few weeks back. We did, we Googled it. <laughs> We're being educated. Oh, actually, there was one thing that I wanted to talk about for Ooh. Nick Cage. So I, I've never done this before, oh. but sometimes I'll look to see what um other actors or his friends in hollywood have said about him or even the directors that he's worked with Mm -hmm. but this time i found a quote from a fan that met him in 1998 and i'll read it to you okay and let me know (laughs) if you like what you think is weird about this story okay so he said i met nick cage around 1998 in some large market around LA. 
Anyway, mom and I spotted him out with his then-girlfriend, tall, lanky, blonde, attractive, and chatted for a bit. He asked us not to take pictures, as he was out in a very public place, and he said that we were the first to notice him in the few hours that he had been there. We got an autograph on our Van Gogh exhibit pamphlet, and he asked us about it, and his girlfriend piped up saying that she really wanted to go. He paused, looked at her, and said, Well, I know what we're doing tomorrow night. All in all, he probably would have preferred to not have been bothered, but he made it a good experience for a young boy and his starstruck mom. Rating nice. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Some website called meanstars.com, I guess, Ah. where uh, fans will rate whether their interactions with them were nice or mean. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. No, I just found it. So, yeah, it's weird. I guess maybe the fan didn't know, but he said his girlfriend at the time and not his wife because isn't he married to patricia arquette he's married to patricia arquette who was a famous actress at that time yeah so i wonder i mean conspiracy right here i'm about to pull i'm about to pull out a conspiracy theory on you okay she's not tall patricia arquette is not tall yeah you're right i don't believe she is no i think she's average height she is five one whoa she's short and nick cage is tall he's like six now this kid is saying he was a kid that's true so all in perspective hmm. but nick cage is tall so he would see in comparison to nick cage that this woman is not tall mm-hmm. i don't believe that she was lanky at that time but that's a personal opinion <laughs> what when <laughs> they got divorced in 2001 so i wonder if they didn't want to be seen because that's not his wife right interesting and this mm. is all hearsay but no no this, no. this is a uh, factual this <laughs> is factual evidence <laughs> We're we're not here to defame Nick Cage. He can do that all on his own. He already has. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is the conspiracy theory episode, sort of, because it's a conspiracy drama. Now we'll have a conspiracy theory episode. I'm sure you can guess which one it is. I'll leave that to your imagination. Oh, God. Okay. It it won't be for a while. Right, right. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Do you want to jump into the movie? Yeah, let's go. Cool. So, interestingly, the movie opens up on you know as hannah said a news reporter going oh it's a hurricane and then they're like no it's not a hurricane it's a tropical storm anyway it's raining throughout the entire movie and we noticed right off the bat and i i hate pointing this out but the audio quality was really weird in the beginning like they definitely used the sound of a lightning strike from like the 1940s and we watched this movie on stars so this is the theatrical not theatrical release what would that be called the, whatever like the home release yeah exactly it's like when we watched what was it con air no uh face off and you could see the wires on the yes, stuntmen yes <laughs> it was like what are you doing like i've but, heard but what i mean though is you know we watch this in a legal way yes. as we always do but you know if we ever so happen to not be able to find a movie in like the easiest way maybe we would go to other means just saying like, the library the library right that's so where we sometimes get. movies from the library aren't as great sound quality as movies from stars or HBO. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. I are I you get picking you. up what I, I am putting down? I'm picking up what you're putting down. I just want to see if you're picking up what I'm putting down, which is that like, you know, in every movie, the sound of like a dolphin, for example, it's the same dolphin. They just captured that audio years and years ago. It's the same with like laugh tracks. And this, which opens up the movie, which is the thunder and mm-hmm. the lightning. Mm-hmm. It's that same sound. Like, you recognize it from every other movie. And it's terrible audio quality. And yeah. we're just, like, right off the word go. We're like, oh, God, here we go. This movie looks old, even though it's the newest one we've seen so far. 
Okay, Steve. I think I I think I just picked up what you put down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we we made it we made it through on the other side. <laughs> anyway, let's move through the movie here. We 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 see we see Nick Cage almost immediate immediately, and there's this line like around the corner for this casino because it's the big fight night. So there's a boxing ring, and everybody's like lined up, and there's this huge crowd for this boxing match. And Nick Cage comes up immediately, and he's screaming every other line. He's just screaming and screaming and screaming. He he runs into everybody's his buddy. He's like, "Hey man, how's it going? Oh my god, hey, I'm Ricky Santoro. Oh my god." Also, Rick Santoro mm-hmm. sounds like Rick Santorum, who was mm-hmm. the Republican senator of Pennsylvania oh, yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> Good point. So I might insert a few random screaming clips. There were just so many in the beginning Mm -hmm. and maybe towards the end there was a lot as well. We'll we'll discuss that in a second. (laughs) But another thing Nick Cage does in this beginning scene, so basically he's just kind of floating around the, you know, what what would you call that? Like the concourse, the atrium, the, the floor. He's just floating around. He's talking to people and he keeps getting phone calls from both his wife and his girlfriend. And Hannah pointed out, how terribly acting acting he is on his phone he's phone acting is hard because because you have to wait for the other person you have to give enough time for whatever response you your response warrants right right. and he doesn't do that and i understand why because you don't want to wait forever that would be really boring to just watch him be on the phone for a long period of time Mm -hmm. but it's just so unrealistic and distracting (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it'll be like hey baby what's up no we should go to the thing no No way i can't believe you would say that no stop (laughs) that's a crazy story oh my god tell me more oh that's interesting oh wow okay and it's just like he's just going on talking about a pizza or some shit anyway so He's he's yelling, he's talking on the phone, and he runs into Luis Guzman, the act I mean, he he doesn't play himself in the movie, but he plays like some guy and he starts chasing Luis Guzman and people are like, Hey man, you can't be in this room and he flashes a badge. So we're like, Oh, he's a cop. He's a cop, but he's been like, Hey, put five thousand down on, on Tyler. Should we talk about what he's wearing? Can't oh my god. This up yet. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I haven't brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also sorry. I think I bumped the mic there and it made a really loud noise, but yeah, he's wearing a leather suit, a brown leather suit with a bright yellow, like, speckled, like, almost... Just patterned. Patterned, speckled, patterned shirt, shirt with, like, the collar of the shirt is outside of the uh, blazer. The yeah, the leather jacket. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that, like, old leather, too. Oh, yeah. It's worn in. He yeah, wears it's very, like, Western. Mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> I'm probably going to go out and buy one after this. Absolutely. I this if this movie, if this were a better movie, it would be like hilarious Halloween costume. But nobody knows this, this movie because it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Are we going to have to meet in cage characters for Halloween this year? Hell no. Not this year. We'll do it in like 20 years from now because it'll be like, "Hey, remember when we did that podcast together?" <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Good times. <laughs> So he, he chases down Luis Guzman, and he's a, we find out he's a cop, and he's also trying to get the attention of one of the fighters named Tyler. So this is probably one of the best screams. The best scream in this scene, and maybe throughout the whole movie, where he goes... Hey, Jimmy George, wait up a second. Hey, That's, Tyler! <laughs> That's Tyler! That's Tyler! Tyler! Neptune High, right? Check it out, right here! Goosey Devils! 
number seven. Great, great just series of screens. Awesome. Yeah, just excellent scene there. So he makes... So creative. Oh, yeah. And he's like kind of pumping his fist as he does it too, I think. So he makes his way to ringside, basically, where he runs into Gary Sinise, who is the the general, the corporal, what have you, who's there protecting the Secretary of Defense because the Secretary of Defense loves to box or loves boxing. I'm very unclear as to why he is there. Great. So, <laughs> so Gary Sinise is protecting the, the, the secretary, Mr. Secretary. Also unclear as to why there's not Secret Service. Like, well, why does Gary Sinise need to protect him? Why can't he just have his own crew of Secret Service? He does say in a later scene, he's like, I I called, what is he, what is, what's it called? He's like, I, I pulled orders or I called ranking or something like that. Oh, I to pulled say ranking. that he is yeah. like the top top dog yeah so he you know he whoever was going to do the security detail he said hey i'm higher ranked than you i should do this personally gotcha yeah so he muscled his way in right right so nick cage sees gary sneeze we find out that they're old friends they're like bffs grown up then uh the fight goes on they're around the ring and again similar to the tyler scream He's Nick Cage does a same sort of thing. He does the yeah, baby, go, baby, go, go, baby, go, baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. At one point, this was a really interesting line. He, Nick Cage says something along the lines of like, oh, Gary Sinise says, why don't you come work for me down in D.C.? I can get you a great job. It pays double. And Nick Cage says, you know, I, I want to I, this is my home. I live here. It, but. It's a sewer, and Nick Cage drops this line. Because I was made for this sewer, baby, and I am the king! And he puts his arms out as he stands up, and the fight's going on. It's beautiful. Stretching so, his arms out to the land that he owns. To yes. Sewer. <laughs> Everything the light touches shall be yours. <laughs> so during the fight, Gary Sinise gets paranoid about this busty redhead who's sitting ringside, but she's by herself. She's not even paying attention to the fight. So he's like, ah, this is a suspicious person. And he gets up and runs away and chases after this busty redhead. And out of nowhere, gunshots. People start sniping. People are getting shot left and right. You missed Carla Gugino. I did miss Carla Gugino because (laughs) she's there. This so, other woman, yeah, played by Carla Gugino, isn't she? Am I yeah. right that she's from? Hmm. Uh, what is she from? Spy Kids. Is she the mom? I in don't. Spy Kids? I don't remember. Is you, that racist? You have the computer open. Is that racist? <laughs> she is the mom in Spy Kids. Hey. Not racist. <laughs> Not racist. <laughs> Carla Gugino to me is a lot like Linda Cardellini. She's just. She's in a lot of things. That actor from that. She thing. was in that Netflix show, The Hill House. Carla Gugino was. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, d- I didn't actually watch it all the way through, but our, our good, dear, dear right, friend. We're not talking about her on the podcast. <laughs> we don't need a name drop here. I might know one of the people on that show. <laughs> she's she's a dear friend. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we, we talk to her weekly. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an assassination attempt. Carla Gugino gets shot. Uh, we find out Carla Gugino's in a in a disguise, so she's a suspicious person. The secretary gets shot, and he dies. And then the Gary Sinise shoots the sniper or the, or whoever's shooting up the place. All right. Yes. Let's stop there. Right. Because so from the beginning of the movie, when Nick Cage enters, not when the reporter is talking about the tropical storm, exactly. But the second you see Nicolas Cage, to when the secretary gets shot. Mm-hmm. 
is all it's it's all done in eight cuts it it looks very fluid like it's done in one mm-hmm. take but there there are eight separate cuts okay but um, they hide the cuts so that it looks like it's one shot exactly they birdmaned it is that how they do that in that movie? i've never seen that you've movie. never seen birdman yeah no. it's it that was what was so interesting about that movie it was one continuous shot yeah i mean for someone who hasn't seen this movie me reading out which of the eight cuts they are would not be interesting so i don't think i really need to go through that but like just know that eight separate times they cut but like steve said it didn't really even look like they cut like the the camera just kind of quivers i guess for a second or like goes out of frame and then goes back in frame yeah it pans over i forget exactly the the uh terminology for it it does like a quick cut where it you you move the camera quickly over to like the other side of the boxing ring and then quickly back to Nick Cage right. so that you can kind of hide a cut in there. Right. So that it looks like it's all one continuous take. Right. So that your actors don't have to reset for like a 15 minute long scene. Right. Right. Oh, man. That would have been insane because <laughs> it was. It was 15. It was 13 minutes long. Yeah. Cool. I just guessed that. But yeah, it was really interesting. And that was the first kind of like, oh, that was an interesting direction or, or an interesting cinematographer. One thing that we failed to mention is there's a woman who, I guess, what is that called? Like the, when she holds up the number? Oh, I wasn't even going to mention her because she's barely important. Well, there's, uh, something there's something about Nikki, there's something Nikki about Kim her. that I wanted to share. Okay. Yeah. So when Nick Cage is doing his round saying hi to everybody being like, hey, put $5,000. Hey, Ricky. Oh, my God. It, he runs into like a uh, what do they call her a ring girl um, I guess uh, I, she holds up the big card that says round seven yeah and he goes oh seven it's my lucky number seven is Nick Cage's lucky number oh because he was born on January 7th okay gotcha wow we're learning so, so much he, about this guy yeah. yeah so he asked for that to be in the movie oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of makes his character extra sleazy i mean he's supposed to be a sleazeball because right he's, he's you know he yeah. takes bribes and right he's a cop but he's betting on everything and he owes people money and this that, and the other thing so right. he's um a bad actor <laughs> but in more than one sense the, the of, character of the term. is a bad actor <laughs> no he's also a bad actor. <laughs> both his character and his person hey he's not bad in this movie no, no, no. Definitely not. Yeah. So after the assassination attempt, Nick Cage pulls Gary Sinise aside and he's like, hey, you know, it wasn't your fault. Gary Sinise is upset. He's like, oh, I left my post. I left my post. He's all upset about it. And we're kind of like, you know, Nick Cage is making a good point. He's like, no, look, you went and followed a suspicious person. Like, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. And she ran away from you. Like, it's reasonable to go follow her. You know, she didn't belong. And Hannah and I are like, is this the first time he's played like an intelligent person? <laughs> Other than in The Rock. Maybe The Rock, yeah. But he, in The Rock, he was like, well, in order to be intelligent, I need to be like really dweeby. Right. But you know, this time he's just an intelligent cop. Yeah, like, well, I guess he was a cop and it could happen to you. He wasn't was dumb. Was he smart? But he threw a can of beans at someone to stop a robbery. <laughs> but he also gave away millions of dollars yeah. to a stranger well, i would not but then they fell in love that. or whatever i would not qualify that as an intelligent action <laughs> <laughs> so he then is you know nick cage is, is trying to figure out what happened and he's he decides to lock down the casino everybody's trapped inside the casino he goes up to the uh the the security room or where they've got the, the they're viewing the fight they're looking at the tapes he's looking at the tapes and he notices that 
the boxers didn't actually hit each other. The boxers like whiffed and then one of the boxers went down. So it looked like it was staged, like he threw the fight. So he decides to go see the fighter where he goes into the fighter's room, like, you know, the backstage room. And there's a big taxidermy lion's head up on the wall. And he just looks at it and goes, (laughs) (laughs) so he apparently went to high school with, the fighter he's like hey class of Keeps showing him his class ring yeah he's like class of 88 check this out like oh you would have recognized me i played football you my hair was longer back then but it's me and the fighter's just giving him nothing he's like okay i don't know you dude right so again this is another scene where they're just yelling at each other everybody's yelling everything but they're actually kind of reasonable yells because he's mm-hmm. interrogating him about the yeah. fight there is a bit where i don't exactly recall why but Nick Cage screams something and then he goes, huh? <laughs> like he smacks his lips. I think what he says is that the fighter is like trying to get around the point or something. And mm. it's as if he's like taking a drink of water and smacking his lips to to delay. Oh. Or something it's like that. It's not important. But the smacking know. his lips was really funny. So the best scream, there are so many screams, but he's like... It was a phantom punch. A little bad Hollywood acting, but the athletic commission might find it interesting. And a second after you go down, an assassin fires. Well, that's some coincidence. I guess they don't call you the executioner for nothing. And you signed my kid's autograph. <laughs> because it, he's also trying to get he's an autograph. He's a fanboy, and yeah. he's also interrogating him. Right, right. And then something really weird happens where the fighter is like, all right, fine, I'll tell you everything that happened. And he tells him, like, ah, this this attractive busty redheaded woman told me to throw the fight whenever some guy screams something specific so like but while he's telling that story it flashes back and you're in like the first person like the camera is through the eyes of the boxer bizarrely like you don't see him you see his hands and stuff for the first like i said quarter of this movie they're doing these like pretty interesting Mm -hmm. avant-garde camera tricks yeah. So I thought, oh, this is going to be really cool. Are we going to, like, as soon as they started to put it in his perspective, I was like, oh, are we going to see this from everyone's perspective until we figure I... out who did it? And no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out the boxer's in debt or, or some shit like that. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but the redhead like was like the, the heavyweight champion. So yeah. I can't imagine he needs the money that much and he's like ah but i'm in debt to the casino or some crap okay whatever so it kind of be a lady tonight <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of like pans not pans it quick cuts to nick cage and gary sinise in a conference room this, con- this conference room is one massive two it's like spaceship gray and it's got like weird rafters and a crazy sculpture of what the new casino is gonna look like it and really dr- looks like something from out of star wars yeah it's like an outer <laughs> space room <laughs> it's like the millennium falcon just for no reason oh it's called the millennium maybe that's why but it doesn't look exactly like the millennium falcon i don't know what that looks like yeah i know don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so they're in the conference room with Gary Sinise, Nick Cage and Gary Sinise. And Nick Cage goes, hey, you know, we've got the shooter. We've got the boxer. We've got the redhead and a few other people. Five people makes it a conspiracy. They can go down for some hard time for this, right? Oh, I didn't didn't know that automatically five people create a conspiracy. I guess that's the rule. I I don't know. 
Let's get three friends in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, to make this a conspiracy. <laughs> so we also find out that Gary Sinise is like, why are you even doing all this? And Nick Cage is like, well, you know, I figure if I do something heroic like this, maybe one day I'll be the mayor, which is like, fine, whatever. So that's his whole motivation. We're like, okay, it's kind of weak, but okay, I get it. And then he's like, why? Nick Cage goes, why would anybody want to shoot the department, the, the secretary of defense? And then Gary Sinise goes on this long story about missiles I, and missile strikes <laughs> and how this is, this is immediate, this, this moment yeah. is when the movie lost me. Yeah. And he's like, we have these most perfect missiles and, and this shooter was a, was a terrorist who wanted to take out the guy who knows everything about the missiles. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> what did this movie become about a missile strike? This is so dumb. It's at a casino. Yeah. I thought it was about a boxing match. <laughs> yeah. And then we get another flashback from Gary Sinise's perspective. So we're like, okay, interesting. So they will keep doing this mm -hmm. from everybody's perspective. But I think that's the last one. Yeah, no. Yeah. They, don't, they don't continue with that. No. It's really dumb. Just do it for every character. It would have been so interesting. They had more money left in the budget. Yeah. They had $4 million left. I feel like they could have done more. Yeah. So Nick Cage then decides, okay, I'm going to hit the casino floor. We haven't actually gone to the casino. We've only been around the boxing rink. And he says, and I quote, they've got some bitchin' technology. And let me tell you, folks, it's some bitchin' 1998 technology. It's VHS tapes. It is the least bitchin' technology. It's, it's like, it's like. They In don't, no sense of the word. Oh, is it bitchin'? Never. And as he's walking away to the casino, Gary Sinise has a devilish look in his eye and, and we're, we're like, like oh, oh he's in on it he's the bad guy he's the bad guy <laughs> so we already know who the bad guy is and like we're like 20 minutes, 20 into, minutes the into the movie this is this is what the critics complained about yeah so he goes to the security room and he's with one of the bad guys from dumb and dumber i don't know if you recognized him there Nick yeah. Cage goes Nick to the Cage. Okay, yeah, you said yeah. he. And oh, we sorry. Just talked about Gary Whenever I say he, I mean Nick Cage. It's a Nick Cage podcast, hat. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees Carla Gugino. You know, he's looking around for Carla Gugino because all he knows is that Carla Gugino sat down right before the shooting happened. So he thinks that she's in on it. So he's looking around for Carla Gugino and, and he sees her being saucy with some. Can we talk like, about the bitch in technology a little bit, though? Yeah, what I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's pretty just not <laughs> yeah so in order for so yeah he's in the security room and mm -hmm. he's what do they call that the eyes yeah the eye in the sky i sure. think they call that in a casino yeah this, so there's yeah. you know there's all the little cameras everywhere all over the ceiling mm -hmm. and the, the guy from dumb and dumber like the security head has to know the number yeah. of the camera it's like three digits or something per camera and it doesn't there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason as to why so he'll be like oh show me the lobby and he'll be like one one four seven i got you yeah. and then i'll be like okay show me this slot machine oh six four two right. done yeah and, and like, he has to enter it manually in a yes. keypad <laughs> bitching bitching technology up there that they've got there so he sees Carla Gugino and he goes to to chase after her. And we do see a few things from her perspective, but we also find out that she's actually not one of the bad guys. She's good and she's nearsighted. And she has to do with missiles <laughs> and, and she also can't see anything. She can't see anything because her glasses got crushed after she got shot in the arm. And Those glasses looked like a part of her costume, though. Absolutely. Like she was disguising <laughs> herself. So she was wearing a blonde wig and glasses. 
in a really like tight outfit, which I guess is to not draw attention to yourself. It took us a while to understand why she couldn't see anything though. Oh, yeah, because she got shot in the arm, and I'm like, well, why would that correlate to her having like blurry vision? Yeah. So Nick Cage is is chasing her down. Gary Sinise is chasing her down on the casino floor. And she makes her way up to the room with some schmuck that she, you know, convinced to be like, ooh, baby, let's go to our room, even though he's like not very, you know, cute. But (laughs) but so they do another interesting thing when they get up to the room, right, where the camera is directly above and they and the camera pans over like three or four rooms and it's showing like three or four different people doing different things in a hotel room like Mm -hmm. like the roof is missing so it's like the first room is a frat party or something the second room is just a guy sleeping the third room is a guy with a prostitute and then like the fourth room is is carla gagino and this guy that she duped which again really interesting really interesting like camera work right absolutely so nick cage busts into the room and he he grabs carla gagino he's like we gotta go because you know, I need to interrogate you or something. And they go to the stairs and they're sitting next to each other in the stairs. And all it takes is one look in Hannah and I go, they're going to fall in love. They're going to fall in love. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? This is just what happens in Nick Cage movies. So anyway, she flashes back. She's talking about missiles and some shit. She's like, oh. she's like, but God. the missiles didn't work as well as the other missiles. And people need to know it's a cover up. And she's it's like, a- I work for the missile company <laughs> and I know that it's corrupt. And I know Gary Sinise is in on it. Nick Cage is like, but that's my BFF. There's no way. He's an she's honorable like, and dude. I, she's like, and I sent a private message to the secretary of defense that I would come and deliver like a a copy of the the missile plans to him at the like this is it's, this is the whole setup for everything yeah. that she was gonna meet the secretary of defense at a boxing at match a boxing match in atlantic city without a ticket right he had no way of get i dude it <laughs> it just lost me here everything I was like, this makes no fucking sense. everything fell down everything Awful. came crashing down horrible like a faulty missile <laughs> came crashing down but she says something along the lines of like, oh, but I had to tell him about the missiles. And Nick Cage looks at her and goes, I had to tell her about the missiles. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Even Hannah at this point, she's just sitting there on the couch going, and again, a Hannah quote, she goes, I enjoyed it until it became about missiles. <laughs> so they're also screaming at each other in this stairwell, even though they know that people are after them. I don't know. It's a bad scene. So he takes Carla Gugino to this, like, warehouse room, this rickety room where you can, like, just push the walls down. I don't know. Paper thin. Doesn't matter. She can't get out of it, though. Yeah, but she can't get out. So she's kind of trapped in this room until Nick Cage can figure out what to do with her and what to do with Gary Sinise. Nick Cage then has a moment where he walks back out to the ring. He's courtside. And it's kind of cleared out by now, but there's cops and FBI there. And an FBI guy says, he goes, sir, this entire area is an FBI investigation. And Nick Cage doesn't say anything. He just holds up his badge. And the, and the guy goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and this is one of those characters that's like, you, anybody could be in a movie, you know? And yeah. There's, there's a it, podcast. It yeah. just reminds, I always say this too when we, when we watch those Marvel movies, mm. but in every Marvel movie, someone says, something unidentifiable has entered the atmosphere. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a line like that. 
sir, this is a private investigation, FBI only. Like something, you know, right. like, a, like a standard line like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a podcast that I listen to that talks mostly about superhero movies and stuff, but they always, they call that type of person the hey asshole guy, where the protagonist is running down the street and he's running away from, from whomever. And he like accidentally knocks someone's shopping cart over or something. And then the guy with the shopping cart goes, hey, asshole, having no idea. But like that could be anybody. You know, you could be the random radar tech that goes, something unidentified has entered the atmosphere. Something unidentifiable (laughs) has entered the atmosphere. Listen, buddy, you can't be in here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So you got to love scenes like that. Uh, There's another quick flashback from Nick Cage's perspective where he sees that, oh, there's another camera I haven't looked into. It's the blimp. There's like a little motorized blimp going around and it's got its camera. So he goes back up to the security room. He looks at the camera and sees that Gary Sinise was in fact in on it the whole time. He's waiting there. He's waiting there. And, you know, he's he's in on it. He can see it through the camera. And then all of a sudden, Gary Sinise shows up with a gun. And it's like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Never then, expected this to happen. Right. And they have this whole conversation. And Gary Sinise is like, listen, I needed a cop near me as an alibi. One. And two, I needed a cop that I could pay off if something went south. So he's like, what will it cost? And he goes, 100000 200000 all the way up to a million dollars. And Steve and I are looking at each other like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's kind of a scumbag. I'm, you know, if you're already a scumbag. But he does the right thing. He doesn't take the money. And instead, he's he's like, he does have a really funny moment where he's like, has to think it over. So he takes out a cigarette and his hands are shaking really bad acting (laughs) because he's so upset he's got that shaky hands so it's also in this scene where nick cage says something like you'll never get away with this and gary sinise goes don't you know snake eyes house always wins (laughs) we're like oh my god of course they said the title of the movie of course they did i love it when that happens So they take Nick Cage out to a loading dock, and we also find out that the fighter's been in on it the whole time, and the fighter's just... Welcome to The Rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was it? Back-to-back movies where it said, Welcome to The Rock and Welcome to Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> they both said said it in that way. And then in Face Off, Nick Cage says, We're having a face-off. A oh. face-off. <laughs> face-off. I don't think they ever actually said City we of Angels. You have to take your face Oh. <laughs> he did say it like four times in a row, or at least he wanted to. But yeah, so they take him out to the loading dock, and they're just beating the shit out of out of Nick Cage, and he's spitting up blood, and he gets knocked out, and he makes a really great face as he does. So then, as he wakes up, it's first person through Nick Cage's perspective, and we're like, oh, interesting, okay. But then it ends in like two seconds. <laughs> dumb. Just real dumb. So they tried he, these things they, that would have worked. And, this and then is, they just gave up yeah. on them. And this is honestly one of the last scenes where Nick Cage is all beat up. He's stumbling around. And uh, uh, Gary Sinise put a tracker on him. So Gary Sinise is like walking behind him so that, you know, Nick he's going to lead Gary Sinise right to Carla Gugino. And he's just mumbling nonsense. He's like, that's what he's doing. Sounds like Rocky. Yeah. But like more unintelligible because his face is all beat to shit. He sounds like Rocky when his face is beat to shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. (laughs) So, so I don't even know how to explain the actual climax, which wasn't a tidal tidal wave. The cops are on their way. No one called them. No. And... 
the, the like a giant kind of like ball the millennium of the that that said the name of the casino had fallen off the top of the roof so it was like like the monument for the casino mm-hmm. and that was just on the boardwalk and the room that Carla Gugino is in is, is like on the boardwalk to it on the boardwalk <laughs> and the walls are flimsy as fuck <laughs> so it's, it's essentially like they built that room as a construction zone and maybe they did like it's but, tarp yeah but she can't get out of it right <laughs> she can't just like crawl under the tarp <laughs> and just leave i don't i don't know steve right and she has tools in the room too yeah so she's she got like screwdrivers cut, and shit could have cut through the tarp yeah easily i don't know easily so all at the same time this giant massive stone ball is rolling down there's a news van there carrying getting everything on tape and the cops are driving in, and then a tidal wave knocks over a bunch of people, but nobody dies. And Carla Gugino gets out, and there's a big showdown between Nick Cage, Gary Sinise, Carla Gugino, but it's all on tape, and the cops are like, "Put the gun down, Gary Sinise! Put the gun down now!" And it's like, how do they know that he's evil? They don't. They don't. They just don't. He's the com- commander. Yeah, and then he's wearing his uniform. Right. It's not like he, yeah. I, but dude, Nick, but nothing makes sense <laughs> in the end. In the end of this movie in the whole movie well the beginning like you get it right you get what's happening in the beginning do i because it's about missiles <laughs> if you okay we'll get into it we'll get into it in a minute this movie's almost over so so of course something happens where gary city says something he's like what well, this can't be and then nick cage goes ain't no way you got snake eyes oh my God. <laughs> and gary city shoots himself and dies and it's all caught on tape, and the cops are there and arrest the appropriate people, I guess. And that's it. And that's the climax right there. And that's it. We're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then it has like this weird montage of Nicolas Cage, and people are like, oh, local hero, Nicolas Cage. He gets a plaque and a key to the city, and he does this great thing where he gets, he gets the plaque and he just goes, he like quickly lifts it up above his head. Like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and. Then it's like, oh, Nicholas Cage, local hero, having a great fishing day with his son. Nicholas Cage, local hero, bought a fancy car? Is he embezzling? Is he bribing or accepting bribes or something? He's a cop. Nicholas Cage indicted. Yeah. And then he's just on the We're boardwalk. Like, well, what happened? Well, it's not explained. <laughs> he's just on the boardwalk, smoking a cigarette. And Carla Gugino comes up and she's like, I've been looking for you. And there's construction on the on the old casino going on behind him. In that room that she was trapped Yeah, in, in that room. And Carla Gugino's like, I've been looking for you. And Nick Cage tells a story about pirates. And they kiss. And he's like, maybe meet me in 12 to 18 months right here. Because he's probably going to go to jail for something. In, 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 embezzling? I guess, but he didn't know. take the bribe. His I don't know. His wife left him. His wife left him. That's why they kiss. And his girlfriend left him. That's why he and Carla Gugino kiss. Oh, so you're saying that if he was still with his wife and also his girlfriend, nah, they that he kissed. wouldn't have the morals to, yeah. or he would have the morals to not kiss her? Nah, they would have kissed. He has a girlfriend and wife. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> then she leaves. She just walks away after they kiss. And he looks like at the camera and says something like, oh, this is going to be a crazy year or something stupid like that. And the credits start rolling. But the credits are by far the weirdest part of the movie. <laughs> Because the credits they are last all, like five minutes. Well, yeah, like credits do, mm-hmm. but there's still movement going on. It's not a black screen with credits, 
and it's not Nicolas Cage. It's not Carla Gugino. It's, it's not no, Gary Sinise. It's no actor in this movie that it's we've just seen so far. Construction guys, <laughs> and they're putting up some scaffolding and shit. And then it zooms in on one construction guy's hand, and when the hand moves, there's a little jewel placed in the wall, like a, like a ruby, like a like, and then it's a red jewel, and then it like shimmers, and then fades to black, and that's the movie. Oh, and there's like it might be an original song by some Cheryl Crow knockoff about <laughs> Sin City, even though they're in Atlantic City and not Vegas. And I'm like, if you're gonna put a red jewel like in the why not make it a, a red dice or two red dice both on once snake for snake eyes. eyes? Or a snake's eye. I guess. Anything. Right. Or like a little carving of a snake or something. Anything? 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 Don't get it. I don't get it. It really, really fell down this movie. We had such high hopes in the beginning. I have a few closing thoughts. I also want to hear your closing thoughts. Yeah. I said lose the missiles and you've got a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't make it about a missile strike and instead be like, I want to take out the Department of the Secretary of Defense because I'm next in line to be the secretary or something. Yeah, Great. That's yeah. that's a much better movie. Shut the fuck up about missiles. <laughs> Number two, the credits are really dumb. The credits really, really takes away from the whole movie. Uh, Number three, we already talked about some really good cinematography and direction. And yeah. my last thought is there were a lot of really, really unnecessarily busty women with their with the, clad women yeah like the redhead had these you know giant cleavage out and carla gugino was in her just bra for like four scenes unnecessarily and the number were, girl the the round seven yeah. girl and then when they panned across the top of the hotel rooms there was like a again unnecessarily a, like a prostitute yeah I'd, in her underwear and it was like what is like was this written by a 13 year old boy like what's happening probably, probably. missiles missiles Steve. Anyway, any other closing thoughts? Um, no, I I am picking up what you're putting down. Wow. Wow. That's called a callback. We in the in biz. The biz. <laughs> we in the biz call that a callback. Yeah. Not sure if you've heard of it. Yeah. Do you want to do some Nick Cage awards? Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Our next segment here, we're going to give out some awards. The best supporting actor. I don't know. There were no dogs. There were no kids. You know what? Because... For whatever reason, the director thought it was important enough to make it the last thing that I saw in the movie. I'm going to give it to that red gem in the wall. <laughs> an inanimate object. Gotta love it. <laughs> All right. Best dress. That's an easy one. We already talked about uh, yeah. it. It's that first. Because it's after. the brown leather suit. Yeah. So after he gets shot or, at, or he doesn't get shot, but after the shooting, he gets blood all over him. So he changes out of that yellow shirt and into like just a standard like shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. He still but wears. But he keeps the suit on. Yeah. But that yellow shirt choice mm. choice it's beautiful not tucked in either right uh worst scene worst nick cage scene um there are a lot of stinkers i maybe the boardwalk because this movie just kept getting worse and worse where he's just like ah pirates used to <laughs> be out over there <laughs> the last scene in the movie okay and then when he kisses carla gugino right for why? No reason. why you know. uh best nick cage scene i mean I think that because it's only eight cuts and it's designed to be like one long scene, I think like the first scene in the movie, I, the first I like 13 that. minutes. Yeah, I like that. That's, you know, a really solid scene uh, mm-hmm. where they birdmanned it. Best scream. You think it's right in the beginning with the go Tyler, go Tyler, go. <laughs> I, I do love that. There's a few other ones. I mean, there's where he's mumbling like Rocky. No. Uh, let's that. see. I'm, I'm going backwards here. 
Um, I mean, he's he he screams a lot ringside. He screams a lot when he's confronting the the fighter. He the says, fighter. "Sign sign this autograph for my kid" or something. <laughs> that is a weird scream. Yeah, I I really like the Go Tyler chant. Me too. Okay, we can give it to that. All right, and uh, our last Nick Cage award, most N- nouveau Nuvo shamanic. Sh- moment. That's pretty nouveau shamanic. It is. Um, should we give it to the him seeing the taxidermy lion? Oh, and, and meowing like, at it. Rawr. I do like that. I did highlight that in my notes. <laughs> All right, cool. I like that. That's funny. Okay, now we have the daunting task of ranking this. Where are we putting this one? He's pretty cagey in it. Unlike City of Angels. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, so City of Angels, if you recall from our last episode, we ranked it in the bottom five. So I don't think this one is bottom five worthy. Because I think there's still a lot to like about this movie. Yeah. Like we keep saying, like, this was a good movie until it was about missiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you what what other movie that we've seen would you compare this to? And that can give us a starting point. Would I compare his performance to? Sure. Cause like I said, he's he's pretty cagey in this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with It Could Happen to You? Because he played a cop in that one, too. But yeah, we all... it's, he's, no, that's definitely above. Moonstruck. Yeah, better than that. Wow, okay. Trapped in Paradise, we ranked that above Moonstruck? Wow. Better than that. Valley Girl. Ooh. I think better. Better. Ooh, okay, it's going to be in this range, I think, because after that is Birdie. Below. Okay. Between Valley Girl, Valley Girl and Birdie. All right, so that makes it ranked number 13 out of, what are we at, 32 or something like that? That's fine. Yeah, cool. All right, I like that ranking. Snake ass. Snake ass. They said that twice in the They movie. really did. They really Just did. Hamming it up. <laughs> All right, so next week we're watching an interesting movie, and it's called 8mm or 8mm, and I don't really know anything about it, but what I do know is that when I was in high school, a friend of mine and I would come home from school every day and we'd watch a different weird free movie. Hmm. And one of those movies we watched was 8mm 2. So I've seen the sequel, but I have not seen... Is Nick in it? Nick is not in the sequel. Fascinating. So we'll learn all about it next week. So no need to really Google it now. I can tell you, though, that it is really lowly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty bad. And he plays a detective. Yeah, of course. Another detective. So we'll... When are they going to make this man like a lawyer? <laughs> oh, God. Would you ever want him as a lawyer? Absolutely not. <laughs> He's a copper criminal every time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Any other things to add, Han? No. I think we're, I think we're all set with this one. Yep. Missiles. Remember? Yep. <laughs> Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Yeah. Stay Happy home. spring holidays. There yeah. might be more. Make sure you stay inside. Hashtag stay the fuck home. <laughs> Hashtag flatten the curve. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. Do you want to? Do you want to say it this time? No. It's it's your it. line. It's your it's your thing. What? Someday we need to switch roles. Yeah, we'll find a movie where we should have done it for Face Off. I know we should have done it for it's Face a Missed off. opportunity. I know we missed it. We can re-record. Well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll leave you with this. And now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Ah, she said it. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Take care. Let's get, let's get. Ah, it's the